I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting nice the worst microphones. Trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize these guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a some fidget of the best spare. gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC, and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. And I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Bet Fred Sportsbook. Now, Casey, run that track. how you start a show i don't know if you remember back friday but we had some song that casey came up with metro booming i this choose the uh, called music i choose the official music video and i should have just gone with the actual song that was why i messed up on trace you've always you've always been a tom petty fan we're out golfing or something like that trace is in charge of music he plays tom petty radio what is your fascination with tom petty i like tom petty's good but it's just good music I mean, if you listen to it, put you put you right in the spot that you need to be, especially when you're playing golf, or if you're just having a tough day, throw some Tom Petty on. It'll lighten you up a little bit. It'll, well, it depends on how you look. If you get into all the lyricals, maybe sometimes it'll it'll if you get too deep into the weeds on it. But for the most part, I think it's just good music. Just, Is that not a good enough? No, answer? no, he makes great music. I just, just have never understood why you have like drawn. I didn't know if like your dad played Tom no. Petty all the time. What drew you to Tom Petty? No, I just, you start to, uh, you know, what's wild is that, I don't know, this was years ago, but, uh, down here at River's Edge, shout out River's Edge, Hamilton, Ohio, a little amphitheater. They had a cover band with Tom Petty. And at that time I didn't. And as you guys know, probably on the show, no, I am not uh, cultured at all. I couldn't tell you who sings, what songs, what genres people sing, et cetera, et cetera. But I seen uh, we were going to go down there, enjoy ourselves. And I was like, oh, Tom Petty cover band. I was like, do I know any of his songs? After about the fourth or fifth song that this, right. that this cover band started playing, I was like, Tom Petty is, a, is, a, is legit. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And they just kept bang playing bangers all night long. So, yeah, stuck with me from there and just started playing some more and more of his music. And, I'm yeah. a fan of Running Down a Dream. Just that's a kid my, from Gainesville. Favorite. Yeah. He is from Gainesville. See, that shows you that I'm an equal opportunity listener. If you have talent, I'm not a hater. So, if you're from Ohio State and you're a good quarterback, I'll give you your props. Just waiting for one. Um, really quickly, I did that on purpose this time. Not every subject will be a quick, a quick mover. But, thanks for Liam McFadden, Ackman, for coming on the show. For those that don't know, I had an opportunity to play for a guy named Steve Deniman. Steve Deniman coaches at Northern Kentucky. Got a text this morning from him that said, hey, why don't you have Liam on? And certainly enough, I had two or three of us sitting there Googling really quickly what's going on, and Steve just fails to tell me that one of his players is on Sports Center. He's going on Lance tonight. He's doing all of these things, and didn't even let a guy know. 
I was hanging backsplash all weekend, just so you guys know. Oh. Love it. Oof. Fun. It's a great time. If you haven't tried it, you should give it a shot. Um, but I do want to talk about the MLB rules relatively at length here. Because for the first time, I watched uh, a game from start to finish in a, in a relatively long time. And I will tell you, there's going to be growing pains with this whole pitch clock thing. And that's fine. I understand the, the folks that watch every single game and they love the pure nature of baseball and how it doesn't have a clock and you know it's free-flowing and you enjoy your summer beers and hot dogs and you don't have anything to worry about however that's not real life for most people most people want to watch a product and they want some fluidity to it and the truth is is that the pitch clock more than anything for me has created fluidity within baseball there's no more there's no more you know what i would call non-action things that aren't important that are only exist because of superstitions from baseball players. Could you imagine if we had to sit around and wait for a guy to inbound a basketball every time the ball went through the hoop because of some superstitious thing that the guy taking the ball out of bounds does and there's not a five-second violation? Could we imagine a game like that to where the, yeah, the clock's just ticking away or whatever, things are just ticking away and eh, no big deal because this guy's got to adjust his batting gloves five or six times before he gets in the box or the pitcher has to go to the rosin bag then he's got to step off and he's got to rub his bill of his hat. Then he's got to bend over and grab a whole handful of dirt and throw it on the ground. And then we finally get to the pitch. So I love the idea of it, not because it is going to speed the game up by 45 minutes. That's an added perk to it, but just the idea of fluidity of watching the game and feeling like it has some pace to it. And um, don't know if you guys got an opportunity to watch baseball at relative length. I know you've seen the highlights of it, but Paul's a guy that was in the minor leagues. I don't know if, if you were there when they had the clock or not. They had the clock, but they didn't enforce it as strictly as they did last season. So last season when I was watching the games, and I spent a long time last year talking to a lot of the guys that I had met and knew really well. But I mean, both people that worked in it, everything. Um, I, I did not get any negative feedback last year from anybody that I knew, broadcasters all over the leagues. I didn't get any feedback that I knew. Um, from people that didn't like it. I, I every, Because the, the consensus that I got last year from when I talked to everybody was it takes out all of the downtime in a game without actually taking anything away from the game. So if the game is three hours, but now it's two hours and 40 minutes, but there's still 10 hits, there's still 20 runs. That's a bad ratio, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I there's, there's, right. there's still... There's still all of those the, the batting averages. Once, once, once you got to the end of the season, there was a learning curve. But once you got to the end of the season, you had a big enough sample size. The stats really weren't all that much different. They were not different enough that you could attribute it to the pitch clock instead of just you know regression or whatever like that. It's, I just felt like watching those games last year and now seeing what happened over the weekend, there was all this reaction, all this strong reaction. People are going to adjust to it. It was great. And like you said, Trace, I think you make a really good point. Even if the games end up being three hours now, they have pace to them. They have feel to yes, them. Yes, they do. A little continuity. Right? Yeah, like I don't care if I'm going to sit down and watch a three-hour game if it's an exciting game. We don't think about an NFL game being three college hours. football game, right? Four hours for a college football game. You're just, it's action. It just happens. Whereas in baseball, there's so much non-action that you get lost in that non-action. It, it takes away from the game. 
who cares if the game is three hours if there is a ton of action to it? And when you're constantly getting the guys back in the box and pitching at a huge level, does it make you make you a little anxious at first trying to get used to it? Sure. The broadcasters, nobody could figure out where to put the yeah. the, the clicker, the, the the ticker in the lower third or anything like that. But once everybody gets used to it, it'll be great. It's I think Emperor Starscream actually put this in the Discord this over the weekend is in five years, we will wonder how they ever played this game without a pitch clock. I'm serious. There's going to be people that are baseball people more so than other sports are against change because it's a game. It's the old, it's the oldest game that we really have here in the States and people are in love with it, but it is so much better when the game has cotton, has pace. So I actually came across this TikTok. So this is a clip, Casey, if we could, we could talk over this, this will never happen again. This is from the postseason back in 2016. Look how much time there's going to be between that pitch and the next pitch. And to show you, they count how many times Jose Altuve can get an inside-the-park home run before a second pitch is thrown. <laughs> so that's one Jose Altuve inside the park. <laughs> this is Pedro Baez versus David Ross in the 2016 NLCS. Taking our time. Tell me he, already does seen a he doesn't run three, right? Oh my god! This is absurd. Trace. Oh man! Is I think he gets like six. He runs six. He runs six. He gets six. This is no way. God, this, this is, is real. This is and this is just a middle point of the game, like the sixth inning. Like doesn't mean a whole lot right now. I mean, it's the LCS. <laughs> just let let this thing run all the way through. If you don't find this entertaining, then just I'm oh. sorry, but this is oh. hilarious. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. He gets six. He gets six. How does he get the six? Oh, just wait. Oh. This is Pedro. He's famous. They, I mean, the the common baseball phrase is he's a human rain delay. Pedro Baez was, oh, my gosh. He took forever. There's Theo. King Theo. It's the manager of the Cubs now. Right? He has to. What are we doing? <laughs> oh so he, God, that's that's dude. not allowed anymore either. So you can't have two pickoff attempts. No. So that's gone. Guys. And Jose Altuve uh, is still just running. He's still running. Hold on, hold on. He Wait, might we run might get time. seven. I mean, this is brutal. No wonder I didn't watch this before. <laughs> We're on six. Are we about to get to seven? Casey, I'm sure this is what happened. You turned the game on. You're like, I'm going to get into baseball, Casey. And you're like, you oh, Pedro. I've seen Pedro. I, We're I'm done. We're seven. Seven. Here we go, and a swing and a miss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. So that's gone. That's gone. Will never happen again. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that is absolutely brutal to watch. And to prove your point, there's been times where I was trying to go do something around the house. You know, my kids were needing me for something, and I was watching a baseball game a few years ago. And in my mind, I think to myself, I'm just going to watch the end of this at bat. Or if the guy was on second and third and there was one out, I'll be like, let me just see how the rest of this ending ends yeah. up. Right. And inevitably, it'd be like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I used to start to think that that was like an anomaly. Like, there's, I mean, this is just bad luck. Guys are fouling balls off doing this. Like, this is terrible luck that every time I want to see the end of an inning or the end of an at bat, it just takes forever. And after about the third time it happened, I started realizing like, Man, baseball just takes longer than I expect it to to get through even a half of an inning and or one hitter. So I'm all for it. I also think it's great. That I know there's people in the chat that have disagreed with the extra inning rule. Um, listen, they play 162 games. 
if the NFL is going to make a sudden death rule that the first team that scores wins in the, in the regular season and we've lived with that, do we really think that the, per- the guy on second base is a worse rule than sudden death in the NFL when both teams don't even get a chance to possess the ball if a team scores a touchdown? In fact, not only was that a rule for the regular season in the NFL, it was a rule for the postseason until enough people obviously complained and they, they made some rule changes for that. But I'm tired of watching 16, 17, 18 inning ga- baseball games. You burned through your entire bullpen on the first game of a series. And then all of a sudden, it's just you got position players pitching on Sundays. And it just turns into one of those things where it's like, okay, I think I can live with the extra inning rule of putting a guy on second base because both teams get the same opportunity. And it, and it almost requires teams to run through a couple strategy options that you can kind of start to... Mm-hmm. Second guess, which is what the probably the most fun thing is about sports, if you get down to it, is being able to second guess decisions, making pivotal moments in a in, in a, whether it's a football, basketball, or a baseball game. We all sit around and love to talk about what decisions people made and whether they were right or wrong decisions. Putting a guy at second base makes people make more decisions. So I'm all for that. Not sit around for four innings, read, and wait for somebody to try to hit a home run because inevitably that's what it felt like. Extra innings always became with these guys. Right. It's like. Everyone's just like, forget trying to get two or three hits. Let's wait for one guy to hit one out of the park, and then seven innings later, we're still waiting on that. It's every single major sport changes their overtime rules, right? In college football, we're seeing you start at the 25-yard line to increase scoring. In the NFL, it's they implemented you know first touchdown, or at least they don't have that anymore, but they were trying to implement walk-off touchdowns to make it more exciting. Basketball, they shorten the time of the extra period to make it more exciting. Baseball, because it doesn't have a time limit, would just go on seamlessly, endlessly. And it was boring. I remember sitting, watching that postseason game. I brought this up numerous times. The Mariners versus the Astros had a 15-inning 0-0 ball game in the postseason. That is boring. I love baseball more than than certain relatives. And that was incredibly boring to watch. Incredibly boring. This anyone that is once again against the extra inning ghost runner rule, whatever you want to call it, is just pushing back against change in a sport that they have grown to love. That's all it is. And you will soon realize that it is a good change. Change is normally good. Which is why they needed to make it. And they finally did. And I, as much as we complain about the commissioner at times, as much as we want to complain about Major League Baseball feeling like they don't make any relative big moves, there's only one more move that this commissioner could make right now that would make me actually start to give him credit. And I know the commissioners never get credit for hardly anything. Everyone hates Roger Goodell, even though Roger Goodell, if you want to be honest, has found a way to make the NFL one of the most lucrative products under his watch as there ever been. Do I think he's fair? Do I think that there's times where I'm not a big fan of Roger? Of course. But Rob Manfred, time and time again, has seemed like he was trying to put baseball uh, or set baseball back. And like it or not, these rule changes, I think, are help. They're helping, one. And two, I would love nothing more than to start creating the opportunity to just watch these games. That's the main, the main thing that's left is if you want to watch the Reds and you're in market, it's a pain. I mean, you got to have, and I'm not trying to kill people or, or say people that have cable or are outdated, but a lot of the, even a lot of people, I don't even want to put it in generations anymore. 
a lot of people have YouTube TV. A lot of people have Hulu. A lot of right. people watch Netflix. A lot of people don't have standard DirecTV, Spectrum, Cincinnati Bell Cable. They don't have it. And at this point, Major League Baseball in the near, near future is going to have to find a way to end the blackouts and make it to where if you do want to watch baseball, just buy the MLB TV app. Because, I don't know, newsflash, if you've never downloaded the MLB TV app, it is fantastic. One of the best apps I've ever seen. It just so happens that if you live, and it's not even just in Cincinnati, but if you live even remotely close to Cincinnati and you like the Reds, you can't watch it. Which has to change has to change it has to change fast and soon because quite frankly i'm gonna have to get a vpn i'm gonna have to buy the mlb tv app and that's how i'm gonna have to watch the reds this year mm -hmm. because i'm not i am not buying cable i'm just not i like youtube tv too much so i don't know how you guys feel about it but you guys you're a little different because you like the cubs but you've brought it up multiple times with to me when the cubs are in town right the games that i want to watch the most i can't when the Cubs play the Reds, I can't watch those games. So, I, it's the the blackouts. I think are maybe I'm crazy for thinking this, but there's so much flack against the MLB right now for blackouts that I think it will soon change. I really do think that that will happen, especially with the the changing, you know, Bally Sports going under. There's such a cosmic shift going on in how you view baseball that something is gonna break here. They I missed their payment officially. They missed their payment to the Reds. Um, Bally has so it's 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 not one of those things where oh they'll figure it out behind the scenes. They they missed their debt payment to the Reds. They're expecting to file bankruptcy, so it will affect ownership. Now Rob Manfred has come out and said for the folk for for our teams that are affected by the regional sports networks not being able to hold up their end of the bargain. Major League Baseball is supposed to compensate those franchises to be able to kind of cover those costs. Um, probably, clearly, just to make sure that the the, 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 the league and the, the, the league doesn't start just caving in. Uh, but I, I, I truly hope that they find a way to where it can be, every, just like the NFL did. The whole entire league has to come together and say, we need to do this for the betterment of our game, and we need to do it for the betterment of everybody. Because, yes, the Yankees... And the Dodgers, they might all have like a cash cow now, and they might have the best deal going. But when there's when there's no other teams to play against, then it all comes crashing down anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's worthless. Now, whether that's a salary cap, I don't know if that's going to be the answer. But I would ultimately like the idea of Major League Baseball owning their their rights to everything, and then at that point they can go out and hire these independent contractors like broadcast companies, and they pay them. To then put it underneath one umbrella, which is MLB TV. There's no blackouts. You pay whatever you pay per year, $100, $110, and you watch every game. You can watch any game you want. Jo yeah. Jolly Jolly just asked, what would you pay a month to watch every Reds game? $20? I was going to say, yeah. 20 was my mark, I mean, too. I mean, yeah. just look at the MLS. That's kind of the same thing with that. I mean, there's no blackouts. Uh, right now, there's a deal for 80 bucks for the whole season, and we were just talking about it on Tom's show. It lasts just as long as the MLB season. Mm -hmm. Now, we'll probably get a good idea to see if that's a good enough strategy to work. I know it's two different sports, but I would say that the relative engagement-wise, the amount of viewership would probably be the same, maybe even better for Reds, at least in this area. So 
we'll see. I, I would love for them to do something like that because, honestly, I'm tired of there ever being a blackout on any national or just, you know, just any professional sport. I think what, it's ridiculous. Remember when the NFL used to have blackouts like 15 years ago? And yeah. yeah. The, the Bengals didn't sell out their stadiums. You just literally just you couldn't watch it. Chad Johnson would buy, like, would buy out the tickets. Yeah. yeah. So it was on TV. And hand you, them out to people at Kroger or something. Do you th- Can you ever see a world in which Amazon, who's getting into the sports field, right? I mean, they just took Thursday Night Football. Um, could you see a world in which they kind of take over these regional sports networks? Well, if Apple TV did it, why wouldn't Amazon do it? It all comes down to... Does it make business sense to continue to put whatever you pay for a product on something and can you make money from it? That's what this ultimately always comes down to. And let's be frank, the regional sports networks, they oversold. They thought, yeah. they, they thought, okay, YouTube TV, when they sat down in the negotiation table, they thought you, you, you can't possibly carry a cable package and not offer Major League Baseball and or the NBA. And YouTube TV sat there and thought, we're, we're Google. I don't know if you notice here, Major League Baseball and or the NBA. I don't, or it really wasn't those leagues. It was more of the regional sports networks. We're Google. We don't care. We don't need the money in general. So yeah, we, maybe it's a bad deal, but we think that you're giving us a horrible deal on charging us to carry this when there's only a small, minute percentage of people that might actually watch it or cancel YouTube TV because of it. Newsflash, YouTube TV won, and they won in abundance. YouTube TV figured out, or I say I should say Google, whatever term you want to use. They know the cash cows, the NFL. What did they do? They saved all the money from paying the regional sports networks mm-hmm. for Major League Baseball and NBA, and they went out and got the Sunday ticket. Now who looks like a genius? And all the regional sports networks are going bankrupt because the math never made sense. And that's my point with the, with the MLB in general right now, is the math doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to pay some of these players what they're paying them Unless there's a lot of money coming in. And the last time I checked, Major League Baseball is not the hot commodity of all these other leagues. So how in the world are you going to be paying your players well in abundance above every other sport that there is? And somehow the math eventually makes sense. And the reason for that was is because the regional sports networks promised these franchises a certain amount of money and the owners were doing the math, and they said, well, if we're going to get this much money from TV, then we can pay the players this much money. Well, guess who made, made a bad decision? The regional sports networks, at the end of the day, made a bad calculation. They realized that there's just not that many people that decided they were going to be willing to pay $90 to DirecTV and Comcast and Spectrum just to watch the Reds we just, or, or any other small market franchise for that matter. And I canceled YouTube TV last year for about two weeks. I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to buy Spectrum because I want to watch the Reds. And after about two weeks, their platform, their UI, UX, all of, all of the streaming stuff that I become accustomed and used to when I watch just everyday television was so much better at YouTube TV that I couldn't imagine living my life with Spectrum. I just was like, I can't do it. It sucks. YouTube TV records shows that I don't even know that I want to watch. And then I realize they recorded them for me based off the algorithm that I watch. And I'm like, hello, you think that I'm going to cancel this when I pay less to watch Comcast or Spectrum just so I can watch Reds baseball? No. So at the end of the day, YouTube TV made a calculated decision and I canceled. And two weeks later, I was back. 
And I'm sure the same could be said about millions of others. And we're in a position now with Major League Baseball where they have to cater to the man, if you want to, if you want my opinion, to where they got to take less, they got to take less money and get their product seen again. And maybe, maybe they can go back to the negotiation table in a couple years and ask for more money if their viewership is growing. But I say the hell with it. Bet on yourself. Put it all underneath your app. That's the only place you can watch it is their app. And then obviously continue to do their national broadcast. And I think that they'll be surprised, pleasantly surprised, that people will pay $20, $25, $30 a month to watch their favorite team. Could be wrong. Thoughts? You, you were going to say something about cable? Oh, no. YouTube TV is great, especially if you're a sports fan besides the MLB stuff that happened the last year and a half with them not carrying the Valley Sports Networks. But you, it, you can record. I've recorded every UC Bengals and Reds games when they're on TV for the last five years. I can go, they only save for like nine months, but you can go back and rewatch games. Like I used, like I enjoyed going back and seeing what I missed if I was at the ballpark or at the stadium. But you can also watch on your laptop, your phone. You can, like, YouTube TV is the answer. Now, the price has gone up from like, it has from like 49 when I started to I think 80 now. Close to 80, yeah. It's that, that sucks. But I was talking to my friends yesterday. It's like, remember Chipotle when you first got a burrito? It was 550, now it's 10 bucks. Like, it's the world we live in, but YouTube TV is the answer. Yeah, and I'm I I see Jolly Jolly bring up the point that the Yankees and Dodgers and Red Sox will never agree to Cubs. it because in the Cubs that they make they make a lot of money on their deal right now, but at some point you you would think that the rest of the league is going to be hurting so bad that they're going to have to make a change, and those four big franchises are going to have to they're going to have to eat something, and now. Whether that not that whether that comes to be or not, I don't know. Um, well, that well, like Jolly said, that you, your point about you got to get the product in front of eyeballs. Yes. The pitch clock is it's not small change. Yeah, it's a big change. It is monumental change into the watchability of baseball for non-diehard baseball fans, which is a huge thing. And I, I think it is inevitable. I think it is. They will, without a doubt, see a spike in viewership this year just by the length of games and the action that you see on the field. How many viewers do you think that they would spike? Here's a thought. When Fortnite decided, Epic Games, decided to make a free game, yeah. you can play for free as much as you want. Never have to pay a dime. Did anyone in their right mind that came from corporate America and or from the old regime, you think they laughed? I guarantee you there was people in in big old long fancy corporate offices that were like look at these idiots they made their game for free they spent millions upon millions of dollars building this game they made it for free it just so happened to turn out to be one of the most successful video games if not video game i don't want to call it franchises that there ever has been and they've made an incredible amount of money from a free product why because everyone was capable of playing it you could cross-platform play it everybody started to catch on to it it became this huge craze i genuinely think that there's a small chance. Now, I'll hold my hand up and say maybe I'm an idiot for thinking this. I think Google, YouTube, YouTube TV, I think there's a small chance that next year they make two to three weeks of the NFL Sunday ticket free. Completely free on YouTube. Completely free. They did that before, I thought. Or no, sorry, it was Red Zone this past year. It was a month, I think, free yeah. on but, Red Zone. But it was on YouTube TV, correct? Yes. I'm talking about straight up YouTube. Oh, okay. No YouTube TV. Don't need a subscription for nothing. It's completely free. And watch how many people that used to go to StreamEast.io or all these bootleg websites that you know exist. We all know they exist. Front row sports. 
Could you imagine the marketing opportunities and the advertisement dollars? Because at the end of the day, that's what pays the bills is ad revenue. Can you imagine how many actual extra eyeballs that might actually exist when it comes to how many people truly watch these games if they just made it on a platform that was completely free and you didn't have to hide behind the illegal streams of the world to watch? It might be so abundantly over the top that, again, I'm not forecasting this, but if the NFL realizes they can make just as much money, if not more, and make their entire product free for everybody to watch wherever they are in the world on YouTube, that wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me if you could come to in five years from now, you can watch every NFL game there ever was completely free, and you don't need any type of TV package to watch it. You think their game would grow? You think their viewership would grow? I mean... I would argue that might even be the best path forward. Now, that's a risky one to take because sometimes you can't put the cat back in the bag, as they say. But it might be something that they're, that they're going to test. They're going to put a seed out there for, for a few weeks and see what they get. Is that, is that a, is it, did you ever think of that? Is that a wild thought? Am no. I crazy for thinking that? No, not at all. I think it's got some merit. I don't think it will happen, but I think it's got merit to its plausibility. Yeah. Yeah, I... We'll see. I, 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 I hope that it happens because if that happens, I almost think that's, that's the opportunity that could possibly happen for some sports that are looking to become big. It would be wild to think that the biggest sport that, there, that we have going right now in our country beats everybody to the punch and does that first. Because there's a lot of folks out there that can't afford cable packages. They can't afford... Well, not even that they can't afford. They don't make it a priority possibly to buy it. So... Make it free. And then all of a sudden, you know what? Just like the rest of us, we sit here and we, we talk about it. People tune into sports talk radio all day long because you, you become entrenched in it. It becomes a part of your life. And if you think about it, the only reason that you're this engaged into sports in general is because at some point in your life, at a young age, somebody introduced you to it and you got a chance to see it long enough to start caring about it. How many more NFL fans are there if it becomes completely free? Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions. Just because it's free. If the NFL does it first, too, the, the other leagues would... If the NFL is successful, the other leagues wouldn't even think twice. I mean, they're just... They just follow. Well, the, only, the only thing about that is... I'm going to put my hand up. I think the NFL's got the best chance of succeeding with that model. Do. I don't know right. if the other ones do because I don't know if there's enough eyeballs that care about that sport to make it to where there's enough ad revenue to make it worth not getting the subscription money. So I don't know if that's the best model for Major League Baseball, but I do think it's the best model for the NFL right now because they make so much money. I think it'd be, it'd be dumb not to at least say, hey, let's just give this a shot for a couple of weeks, put all the games on YouTube completely free. Let's now, just see what this looks like. Now, now Jolly Jolly is saying that the, the former president of ESPN said that the Super Bowl will be pay-per-view in the future. Hmm. Wouldn't that be crazy? The former president, are we talking about Skipper. the same guy? The same guy that got rid of probably what would have been the most successful show, late night show of ESPN's history and Barstool Van Talk? Are we talking about that same guy? That was a wise move of theirs. At the end of the day, I don't know if some of these execs that have been in this business for a really long time quite understand a, a damn thing about modern young generation civilization. There's so many opportunities to entertain yourself anymore that these leagues have to be innovative, okay? My son doesn't watch no more than five NBA games a year. He knows more NBA players than I do. Why? Because there's NBA, 
NBA 2K that he plays with his buddies. Well, did you see those stats last week? I, I'm doing this off the top of my head. But there was an article last week about how just in general sports, not baseball, not football, whatever, just in general, that sports aren't in a great place right now because of exactly what you said, that I know people are going to argue and say, and look at how many people watch the Super Bowl. I get that. But I'm talking about 20 and under that sports are in a, a tenuous position in society with everything else that you can do right now with social media and all this, the digital, the Netflix, everything else, that it was a crazy number. And I don't know what it is, and I know this is a tease. I had to go back and find it. But just that sports in general aren't in the spot that they used to be 15 years ago. So, I I, I truthfully didn't watch a, a whole heck of a lot of uh, sports until I was 21, 22. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're young and you have a billion things on your mind and – you know, the primetime Thursday night football game wasn't one of them. I'd watch the Bengals every game, and I'd watch the Cubs when they were on national television, and that, that was pretty much it. To talk about entertainment options really fast, there's, there's no more glaring point to push back as far as, as far as you can to the younger generation as possible, which is high school sports. We did high school sports for a few years, obviously, here at Chatterbox. Still continue to do that, not as much as we had in the past because of some reasons of ultimately not being allowed to do things that we used to be able to do, is, is this. Hamilton played Middletown at the Garden in Cincinnati in the, I think it was the 50s. Don't hold me to this. I'll get the exact numbers uh, for the next show if we care enough about this, or I'll put it in the Discord. There was, I believe, a record crowd one game. Now, don't hold me to this. I believe of like 20,000 people right. that watched a high school basketball game. You could probably go around to every single high school basketball game in Cincinnati this year and combine them all, and I don't know if they get to 20,000. My main point to that is, there are entertainment options for the younger generations that we live with today that the older generations have never even stood a chance of having. Video games in and of itself has come so far along to where on a Friday night, instead of going out with your buddies at a high school football game, you, you hang out with your buddies online and you play video games, Modern Warfare, and that's how you spend your Friday nights anymore. So your love of quote-unquote sports might not be even drawn to that anymore because you have other entertainment options. I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or indifferent. My main point to this whole entire thing is, unless you make it accessible and clear to watch and easy to watch for younger generations, I think your league is going to incredibly struggle. And I'll bring you to this point. Adobe. My last point on this subject. I saw uh, Lure Up brought up Microsoft. That brings me to my last point with Adobe. Do you remember when Adobe products first came out? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. No. There were bootleg versions. Save your grad. There were bootleg versions and counterfeit versions everywhere. If you wanted to get Adobe Photoshop, that back in the day you had to have a disc to use, you could find it and you could illegally do it. And many people would argue or tell me that was terrible for Adobe. It was terrible because... They're losing out on all this revenue because all these people are using this product, right? You know what it did? It got people used to that product. It was a free way for me and, a, and, and millions of others to use Adobe Photoshop, right? When I was younger, didn't have the money to pay for it. And I became accustomed to using that type of software. And you know what happened? Just like it did for millions of others is there became a day where the, the, the flip the light switch flipped or whatever you want to call it. And Adobe found a way to crack down on the counterfeit types of things. 
And guess what every person in the world, for the most part, uses for Photoshop editing because they've been using it for years because it was free at the time, is Adobe Photoshop. So they're the, they're the largest product out there right now that everybody uses for that type of... For that market. Yeah, for that type of market. And at the end of the day, that's the same thing, in my opinion, that's happened to countless brands. Microsoft makes terrible software at the beginning. Horrible. Way worse than Apple. If you want to get down to it, Apple made way better software than Microsoft at the beginning. Why did the entire world use Microsoft? Because it, it was there first and it was accessible and available and everyone learned how to use that. Now, I'm not saying Apple didn't make a comeback, and, but same can go with iPhones. The reason that iPhone is so, is so much widely used by many people is because they got their first smartphone through Apple. And guess what? They don't want to deal with learning something else. So... That's my point at the end of the day with it comes to some of these sports leagues is you have to got to find a way to put your product out there first and in front of people. And the first league, in my opinion, that makes it incredibly accessible for many people that wouldn't otherwise, quote unquote, pay to watch the, the game is going to win. And if NFL does it first, they're all screwed, in my opinion. But we'll see. Fraud or for real? What do you, you got? You got a list of uh, a list yeah, of topics. What do you got? Well, I was did we skip the feels like March or? Well, I was yeah, I was just gonna. I didn't see that. I looked okay. down at my ticker and um, I seen Frauder for real. So feels like March. I didn't get the chance to watch all these games over the weekend, guys. I know that you guys. I I got to see highlights. To be fair, right? I was hanging. I was hanging a backsplash. So don't kill me. Um, it Did it look good? It's not done yet, but I'll. Uh, I guess I'll send a picture when we're all done with it. I'm but sure it looks great. Yeah, it's it's something. We'll leave it at that. Home ownership is bliss. It's bliss. I'm laying floors. You say so. Laying floors currently, too. All right, but uh, this was the first weekend, and maybe it's just in the wake of football finally ending two weeks ago, right, with the Super Bowl, to where it had a March vibe to it. All yeah. the games. Arizona State hitting a 60-footer to, to win the ball game. Iowa State or Iowa coming back down 13 in the final 90 seconds, and that game goes – both two Big Ten teams scoring over 100 points in regular time. What other games did we have? We had Indiana going to Mackey Arena. And Florida beat. State, largest ACC comeback win in, in history. Against Miami, right? Against Miami. They were down 23 at half. Last night, Rutgers was down 26 against Penn State. No, 19. 19 in the second half against Penn State. Came back and won. Is, does it, this stuff happens throughout the year. And I know last week it was an ab abnormal weekend with all of the craziness happening but is it because that football is finally done and ended two weeks ago that it's starting to really feel like it's college basketball season we are getting ready for conference championships is that just you kind of get the vibe that it's it's college basketball's time to shine now yeah one of the things that they do really well is schedule at the end of the season with the games that matter and the one thing i wish college basketball would do and they used to do it with the bracket busters and uh, the commissioner of the WCC, Brian Thornton, actually proposed this idea was flex scheduling at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So you get to a point where you have, like, let's say North like Carolina. February, and then you. Then you yeah, and so, like, this last week of the season, like, let's say uh, North Carolina, for example. It's, look, Kentucky is in, but let's just say they had lost to Auburn over the weekend. That, uh, let's just play the game that Kentucky and North Carolina are on the bubble together. Right. Play them against each other. Forget North Carolina playing in that bum first game of the, the ACC tournament right. against maybe Boston College or whoever it is. They'll eventually have to go and play those games. But that game doesn't mean as much as if you gave North Carolina and Kentucky the flexibility to play each other. Now, the coaches 
may not be as high on that because it would basically be you lose that game, you're out. Like, remember uh, Cincinnati and BYU had talked about that in football last year when it came down to, I think it was Cincinnati and BYU, because Cincinnati ended up getting in, but there was the conversation about Oh, they had a they whether had, whether they should play, play each other. Two years ago, it was two years ago during the COVID year because I was gonna say because because UC was undefeated, right? And so was BYU and Coastal Carolina, I guess. Oh, that was two years ago. I was thinking of the wrong year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. two years ago, and they said, "Here, why don't we just play each other?" And then the winner gets a better shot to get in, and then, you know it didn't happen. But whatever, I do think that college basketball would benefit from a flex scheduling. Some of these mid majors, like have Florida Atlantic play Charleston. If they don't get in, you know, something like that. But you do that at the risk of, like, then conference tournaments. I, no, I think, it would be a, I think it would be an added benefit to the conference tournaments. I think it would be like, like this week, you know, because then, like, let's say North Carolina loses to Kentucky. North Carolina could still then go win the ACC. There, there's some details we'd have to iron out. I'm just saying in general, it would be fun to have a, a flex scheduling aspect of it for some of these bubble teams. It'd just give you an extra little mm-hmm. little little push in March. Yeah. But it, it's good the way it is right now, too. All right. So I've compiled a list of college basketball teams. Okay. And then we're going to go. We did this with uh, what was what would what, you do? Just some football topics. We right. Did. Yeah. For football topics. We'd, so we're going to do fraud or for real with these teams. Okay. All right. We'll go with the team that, that lost the state championship twice. Mm. Purdue. Fraud or for real? I love how you brought that up. I think this was more a testament to Indiana than it was an indictment on Purdue. Did they lose their one seed? I don't think so. What? Uh, you don't think UCLA can sneak I, in? I don't over think. Them? Oh, I think they can. I think they can. But I think if you're out on, I think if you're completely out on Purdue, Purdue's a fraud. Yeah. Well, according to Bracket Matrix. Purdue still, they're the yeah. final one seed. They're I, the final one seed. UCLA is the first two seed. I, I think that Purdue and UCLA are going to be right there. Purdue wins the Big Ten championship. I mean, th- th- but they didn't even seal up the, the regular season yet. They could have done that. Yeah. So they're North, probably going to win it. But they, Yeah, there's like six teams that have yeah, five losses. Yeah, they're they probably going to win it, but they could have won it at home against Indiana right. and didn't win, and they were winning. Too. Yeah. Magical. I'm not all out on Purdue, but I'm not as high on them. There was a reason three weeks ago when we were talking about the brackets, I said, I wouldn't wouldn't hate to see Purdue. And then everybody I was talking to goes, Yeah, but you gotta deal with Zach Egan. I'm like, Yeah, well you Psh, you, you deal he's with gotta deal with our Zach. You deal with one <laughs> you deal with one guy, but when everybody else is hitting, lawyer, all these other guys when they're hitting their threes and then they're really good. But when they're not, eh, they've struggled. Fraud or for real, Purdue. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Purdue. I, I also think that Edie's one of those guys that he he's a great player. I'm not taking anything National away from him. I don't view him though as a guy that's guaranteeing every single night to play unbelievably well. To where if, as you said before, maybe a couple of those guys get hot and they hit some threes. I think if you got a physical guy down low. I think Edie could struggle a little bit. I really do. Now you got to have someone special down there. But I'd rather play a team like Purdue than many of the top-level teams because many of the top-level teams have proven that if one of their guys isn't playing well, they still can find a way to win. I don't know if Purdue has done that. Purdue's resume, like, just looking at the schedule, isn't that great? I mean, they beat Gonzaga early in the year. Gonzaga, top 25 team, sure. They beat Duke. 
Those are back-to-back games, but Duke's not a top-25 team anymore. They have a ranked win at Ohio State. Woo. And then they've lost their other two ranked games against Indiana. Purdue is a fraud. Have they played Northwestern yet? They lost by six. Lost. At Northwestern. Purdue lost to Northwestern? At Northwestern. Yeah. Two Sundays. Northwestern's I'm out on, I'm out, I'm out on Purdue. I'm out on Purdue. So yeah. here's, here's the thing about Purdue is if you look at the top five teams, I do think that they are the fifth out of the top five teams, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, UCLA, and Purdue. I think that those four teams are all better than Purdue. I still think Purdue might be the one seed. But then you get to, like, the next tier of teams, looking at just the bracket matrix, Texas, Arizona, Baylor, K-State. Like, Purdue's better than those teams. Like, yeah. They're not, they're not the consensus number one, but they're still a top five team in this country. So I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm out on Purdue being frauds. But they do f- definitely have some cracks, more so than it looked like they had a month ago. I just keep coming back to the fact when I'm – like two weeks from right now, two weeks from right now, we're sitting here on the box lunch arguing about the actual tournament. Right. We have a bracket in front of us. We're arguing about the tournament. I just keep kind of coming back to the fact that I'm going to have to pick somebody to win this thing. Like I keep thinking, well, you know, right. you could pick Purdue into the Sweet 16, but you don't want to pick them much farther in case they do end up getting upset in the second round. Because that's always kind of my thinking is I, I pick teams based on how far I th- – like, oh, do they? I remember a couple of years ago, I picked Illinois to lose. Uh, I think I picked them to lose in the Sweet 16. They ended up getting upset in the second round by Loyola Chicago. I think that was, might have been the Sweet 16. Right. But it's like, you know, Kofi Cobra and all those guys, it was a huge deal. And it's like, ah, well, uh, maybe. But somebody's going to have to win this thing. I guess Alabama or Houston. Seems like everything's setting up for Houston destiny wise. But Kansas, I don't know. How you- but like Houston. No offense to the American, like they're not playing tough games week in and week out. And I think Houston's a great team, but they've, had, know, some, they've had some bad halves too. Houston is not going to be my pick to win the title. I'll tell you that. Houston and UCLA, I'm just never going to pick a defensive-minded team to win the and, title. And Kansas just hanging around. Uh, Kansas is hanging around. Just hanging around up there at the top, and they get in the tournament and just do their Kansas thing. Kansas should be the number one overall seed. They're, I mean, yeah, ah, I mean, they're going to win man. the Big 12, which is the best best conference in. Like they've earned it. They've they, earned it. They should absolutely be the number one overall seed, and it's probably going to end up being Alabama, but it should be Kansas. What's your next team? All right, the next team lost this Saturday. Virginia. Off. Fraud or for real. Currently listed as the second four seed in the tournament, according to Bracket Matrix. Can you give me the other four seeds on that same they line? Stink. The other teams on that same line, UConn, IU, Iowa State. Virginia stinks, man. Frauds. They can't score. They can't score. And when you get into those, it's the same thing I always say. When you get into those low-tempo games and you can't score, you're just always susceptible to the upset. Yeah, you get you get down seven points yeah. and, you're looking, and it's looking like a 16-point yeah. game. Yeah, and that's Virginia. Fraud or for real? I, just, I, I Give me the other teams on the four line. I'm sorry. UConn, IU, Iowa State. UConn. I think UConn is the dark horse of this tournament. Continue to say that. They looked like the best. Team I would say Virginia's right in line with like an IU. So I'm not going to say that they are uh, frauds based off of your well, theory. A of, four line uh, works for them. A yeah, feels, I think a four line's right fair. I think a four line's fair. I mean, they've they've struggled in the last week and a half for sure. But I'm not going to write their entire season off when a team's 21 and four at one point or whatever they were, and then they obviously rattled off a couple losses. They're struggling right now. They got to figure out a way to get back on the 
on the on the winning column, as they say. But I'm not gonna call them frauds. They 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 could win. Sweet, they'll get to the Sweet 16. They've they've dropped 24 spots on Ken Palm. Yeah. They've lost what a couple ten three, days. Two two. They've of the lost two in three. a row. Boston College. Oh uh, yeah, that's a bad one. That's by far their worst loss this season. And then they lost. The and UNC. then the UNC. They had a couple bad losses. Yeah. You know, but the other, problem you know is, any other teams that have a couple bad but losses? But the problem is they only beat Notre Dame by two. That was that's a terrible Notre Dame team. They barely beat Louisville. I mean, yeah, Louisville probably should have won that game. They're the best team in a bad league, or yeah. at least seed-wise. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, even, even going back to the two wins that they had going into those last two losses, Louisville by three, Notre Dame by two, and those are games where – they score 57 against Notre Dame. All right, so let's do this then really quickly. We'll, we'll, we'll timestamp this time in the, in the history of box lunch, and we'll see what happens. If Virginia does this in the tournament, you will say you are wrong. What is that, Paul? Oh, I'll make the Sweet 16. All right, so if they get out of the first weekend, you'll say that you, you miscalculated Because if Virginia. they end up as a five seed, I'm going to pick the 12 seed. If they pick a, if well, you, what you're also saying too is if they end up as a four seed, you're you're certainly going to pick the five seed more than likely to beat them. Yeah. All right. Um, you two, have you seen Virginia? You got any play hard a whole takes lot? on Virginia? Uh, they lost me money this weekend, so they're frauds. So you're out on them. Yep. See ya. Frauds. That's the that's <laughs> the say, that's the say parameter. Yeah, it is. Did I no, but I mean, you? did you win me money? But but no? Purdue, I, I've been on the Purdue fraud train for yeah. almost a month. I mean, I and gave them the same because they lost though. you. Because originally it was because they <laughs> lost you money. Right, but now you watch and it's like I'm watching the Indiana Indiana game. I'm like, why They've are you lost not four of six? Yeah, yeah. Why are you not just hacking? Idiots worked for every other team, but they couldn't get to him quick. Shout out Purdue for doing that. They built up a big lead, but then Indiana started hitting shots, and Purdue's a fraud. Yeah. Probably won't even make it out of the first weekend. Ooh. Whoa. Timestamp that. 1246. On a, I mean, it's 1246 on a Monday. This fire alarm's going to go off with these hot <laughs> takes from Sayo. You're going to lose to Kentucky in the second round. Oh, yes. that would move. Yeah. Can you imagine being – Wow. Being a one seed, and you got old Kentucky coming in as the eight. You yeah. Know, and you're just like, ah, great. A shout out Wichita State. Best yeah. one seed. They got the hose job of all hose jobs. <laughs> just yeah. saying they did. That's tough. All right, let's go out west. Gonzaga and St. Mary's, the West Coast Conference. Frauds or for real? What What is a fraud? Like, what is for real here? Uh, so Because they, I don't think St. Mary's is bad, but they're not good. So Gonzaga was what preseason top five, right? Yeah. Preseason top five. They're currently looking as being in a three seed. St. Mary's is looking at being a five seed. Do they have success in the tournament to where one of the two teams are fighting, playing for an elite eight? I would give the edge to Gonzaga there over St. Mary's if they're going to do that, just because of the experience on that roster. When you look at Rasir Bolton and, and Drew Timmy and some of those guys. Uh, I still don't think either one of them is going to get past the Sweet 16. Gonzaga's just – you can just pencil Gonzaga into the Sweet 16, though. I think they've made, what, eight straight? This is either going to be their eighth straight if they right. make it or they have made eight straight. They just – Mark Few just knows how to win. And for as much as I doubt that this is a true top-tier talent type of Gonzaga team, they just kind of always find a way to do it. But I don't think they get past that. I think they, I think they meet their match in the Sweet 16. As for St. Mary's, you could very much, they're currently looking at like a five seed. You can see VCU or College yeah. of Charleston beating them pretty handedly in that no, first no. round yeah. of the tournament. Yeah. You can see that from a mile That's, away. 
that's where I yeah. draw the line. And I think that that league itself for a long time was undervalued, underrated. Then like most things in life, they get talked about a lot. They start having success and then all of a sudden they're overvalued. Um, I think Gonzaga last year was overrated. I thought that they were frauds last year and they proved that. Um, and it's I, I so when I say prove that, listen, the tournament is fickle. It's hard to really put yeah. it's it's hard to put a whole entire season on the line in a one and out tournament. But that's what we do. That's the parameter that we decided as a as a society to judge these teams off of. Last year, if Memphis didn't get jobbed in that game, they were losing to Memphis in the second round. And you can say whatever you want about Gonzaga. They've struggled at times this year. And I think a lot of their quote-unquote big wins that you thought were pretty good wins at the beginning of this year have turned out to be probably not as good of wins as we had thought they were going to be. And they play out in a league where, yeah, they, they do play two or three games a year that are relatively competitive. Outside of that, they're not competitive. In order for them to get in the tournament, they got to win two games. And this year's different. I mean, the, the, the previous years are different because they've been out-large teams. I get that. But right. for the most part, they're not playing in a league that they get tested a whole lot, similar to a la Houston. I just find it funny how we wanted to, and I'm not saying you guys, but as, as a nation, maybe Gonzaga's earned this right. But I would say Houston's earned this right too. It seems like Houston gets discredited for their success, largely because of the league that they play in. But then when Gonzaga plays in the same type of league, in my opinion, as a Houston does, they get lauded as being this great program. And they are. But I'm not going to buy into them at all this year because they've not proven anything to me outside of maybe a couple of games where they did handle those lower-level teams relatively well. But mm -hmm. they scored, whatever, 80 points in a half. I think I've seen that one that one game. So oh, yeah. anytime you can score 80 points in one half of college basketball, no matter who you're playing, you're probably dangerous. But I think that they're frauds. I really do think that both of those teams are not that good. We're getting Houston in a good league. Now we need to get Gonzaga and St. Mary's in, in a better league. I think they're trying, aren't they? Gonzaga is making a push. That's that's there, what there's Mark. There's a Catholic Keith. league that would that would fit them pretty yeah, well. They should. Yeah, the big uh, Weast. They should. Ooh. <laughs> uh, by right. the, by the way, bracket. Sorry. By the way, bracketology has Purdue as the number one seed in the East region, playing in Columbus. Second round, they play the winner of Kentucky and Boise State. If that happens, Kentucky will smoke Purdue. And Shibway, Edie, second round. Well, Bucket. You, if you got to pick Ow! one guy to be more physical, <laughs> it's going to be the national player of the year from a year ago. All right, final final teams that I have for fraud or for real. Two teams. I feel like they kind of have a similar vibe around them against a guy who doesn't watch as much as you watch. And one team's from out west, so you don't hear about them until 10 p.m. at night. That's Arizona. I know you're an Arizona guy. Yeah, I can't. But you, I can't I mean, let Arizona go, and I know they're going to burn me. I know they're going to burn me. I'm telling you right now, at 12.51, two weeks before we get the bracket, I'm picking Arizona two rounds too far. I can't do anything about it, but I can't let them go. Arizona and Tennessee, two top ten teams pretty much all season long. But when you're looking at those top ten, you constantly are like, these two guys? like Frauds or for reals? Because I'm leaning on both that they're both frauds. Tennessee just can't score. Tennessee, Tennessee's like Virginia where – they can't. They just can't put the ball in the bucket when it matters. They get down by six. It feels like twenty. Arizona, though, I, God, I love Arizona. I just can't let them go, man. I can't let them go, and I know I'm gonna get burnt. Frauds are for real, straight for real, Trace. I'll make it relatively quick, straightforward. I think uh, depending on the matchups, Tennessee and both Virginia can go play far into this tournament if they if they get the matchups that are indicative that would allow them to not only slow the pace down, but 
a team like Utah State they don't run into. Because I'll tell you right now, if Tennessee and or Virginia were to play a team like Utah State in the first round and Utah State starts hitting shots, they're going to find themselves down 12 to 13 to 14 points really quick because Utah State can shoot the hell out of it. Now, Utah State can miss the hell out of it too. But I would hope if I'm a Virginia and or to Tennessee, they find teams that they can slow the game down on and they play their brand of basketball and they'll win. Having said that, I'm all out on Arizona. I I don't think they're very good. I think they have a couple players that are very good, but as a team, I think there's a small chance that one of those two, what I would call good players they have, don't play even re- relatively well in one game. They find themselves where they can lose to a Stanford, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of that personally. So if you lose to Stanford, I don't know if you remember, if you have good memory here, I, I, I proclaimed maybe one of the first shows we did on college basketball um, that if you gave me a week and a half, I could go out and find a 30-year-old 30, 30 in league and I could round up the best 30 and overs in Cincinnati, and they'd beat Stanford. And I still stand by that. I really do, do think do I could do that. Do you think you could make a better basketball team with Stanford grads? I mean, you're getting, you're getting Andrew Luck out there. You're getting Tigger. Did he graduate from Stanford? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, possibly. I would hope that I could get the all-time greats of Stanford to come back and beat a 30 and over men's basketball team, but I don't think that I could. I don't think this year's team could do that. Now, they are playing better. I've watched them. They are playing better. Um, But still, it's Stanford at the end of the day. They're not very good at basketball. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a believer in Arizona. And, and, and I watched a game. That lo- they lost me some money on some ridiculousness, and I'll never forgive them for it. Oh, yeah, that's So, true. go ahead. What do you think? Do you, do you, have you seen Arizona play much? Uh, I've seen them play two to three times, and one of them was... Yeah, they played UC. Yeah. UC actually didn't play terrible for most of the, the game. The final they minute. scored 93 <laughs> points. <laughs> Which makes me think that's why I don't like them as well. If UC is playing competitive against them... They're not an elite team. They also were the final leg of my five-leg parlay on Saturday <laughs> or yesterday, whenever it was. And <laughs> frauds. Oh, frauds. Well, Get them out of wanna, here. You guys want to talk about pain. Well, we can do pain. Oh, SD. Yeah, yeah that's tough. That. We can do pain. Let's not get into that. Oh, Championship week. Yeah, so Casey, in the in singular, there is a, a schedule of championship Brought week. to you courtesy of none other than Nick Kirby. He yeah. figured this out, sent it in the Discord. So if you've been in the Discord, you've probably already seen this graphic, but... It's it's not in the app, but it's in the box. It's in the folder yeah, the of, box, of singular, but yeah, but it's ah. it's the great it's great time. Starts Saturday. Championship week starts actually on Saturday for these what I would call them smaller leagues, right? The games though, some of the games I should say in that league tournament start today. Yeah, Atlantic so. Suns. Atlantic Suns. There there are two teams who will not play basketball again after tonight. Two team seasons end tonight. Mm. It's crazy. I mean, it's not even March. <laughs> are you starting Ross team? Oh, yeah. It's not even March it's yet. It's not even March. February. It's February. Uh, it's I know. Fe- Here we go. Just throw away our gra- yeah, move our graphics out of the way and let the people see. Isn't she pretty? So we that. printed this out in the office. It's in the Discord. Do yourself a favor and get in the Discord and just save that image um, because. That is a very nice resourceful tool to have at your disposal on your phone. If you're trying to just watch some late night television, you're trying to figure out what's important. I'm always going to abide by the idea that watching kids play their final basketball game is going to be more exciting than watching Maryland play Purdue in the Big Ten on Fox or something on a Saturday. Personally, I'm more of I'm more of the liking of wanting to watch these smaller schools play for a chance to make the tournament. 
Because the crazy thing that happens in these games um, is this. This has been these kids' lives since they were probably seven or eight years old. Mm -hmm. That's the God's honest truth. Their parents made sacrifices. They probably drove all around the country playing in AAU games from the time they were little until they obviously got to high school. Then they got an opportunity to go to college, and for the next three to four years, they dedicated their entire lives to one single sport. And like it or not, fellas, these are the biggest games these kids will ever play in. And if you've seen these kids play at a rec league or they were at your L.A. Fitness or your YMCA or they were playing in your 30 and over men's basketball league, and they're like, who the hell is that guy? He's unbelievable. Uh, he played for, you know, Lamar. He's the guard for Lamar. He played two years. These guys are really good. At the, they're really good. And I just like the idea of them playing for their entire lives of playing basketball competitively again. And you see kids crying. And I know people are like, oh, that's – I like that. I enjoy seeing the emotion of the end of these basketball games because it is. It's the end of a chapter for many of these folks' lives that, quite frankly, started when they were eight, maybe seven, maybe even earlier than that until now. That's just better than me watching some random Big Ten basketball game. I don't know about you, but if you haven't watched Championship Week, do yourself a favor and give a few of those quote-unquote small games a shot. And Paul will probably back me up. Some of those games are really, really entertaining basketball games. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I know you're not going to know the names. You might not know, know all the players, but if you just sit down and watch the games, they all end up being close because there's so much to fight for. It's not a random Tuesday in the middle of January where they're on the road. Yeah. Their bus broke down the night before. They didn't get a lot of sleep. The team meal wasn't warm, and they just kind of go out and lay an egg, lose by 20. I mean, these are, like you said, Trace, guys that are fighting for their postseason lives, and they know – Every one of these teams knows that if they lose, their season is over. That's it. They're done. So any team that you watch this week play in a conference tournament, they are they're done. Their season is over if they lose this week. So uh, yes, I'll be I'll be very invested. All I keep looking at when I look at this schedule is at three fifteen on Sunday, March the twelfth. UC is going to be playing like Tulane for a chance to get in the tournament, and our boy Sean Spurlock is going to be sweating. Sweating a lot. You need, all right, so we've we've had from not our not too picky card. We've yeah. we've thrown out parlays to try to get to Kansas City to try to get to Buffalo. Let's get a parlay together to get to Madison Square. I know you're already going. Let's get the Madison Square Garden or the United Center to go watch that Thursday quarterfinal where there's four games, games all day. Go up to the United Center for the Big Ten tournament. Go to Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament. Let's let's get. Let's get some so he, here's here's what you because I had somebody reach out to me last night who now that Xavier because now that, that we pretty much know Xavier's going to play on Thursday night yeah. they reached out and said what would it take you could do the entire experience you would it would be a it would be a, a pretty bare bones experience but you could get into the quarterfinal into the semifinal and into the final if you wanted to do all three days you could do the whole experience for less than a thousand dollars so that's like a six leg parlay twenty bucks Is this per person. Yeah, yeah. If the flight round trip would be about two eighty. I will not fly to Lagordia. Don't worry, uh, it's it's gotten renovated. <laughs> Out on Lagordia. Out on Lagordia. The Big Ten tournaments in Chicago. United United that's, this year. that's pain. I thought it was Indianapolis. Yeah, Did they change was, that, or is yeah. that like a is that they like rotated. a? They rotated. They rotated it. Yeah. So it's going to Minneapolis next year. Yeah. I've heard, Minne I've heard Minneapolis haven't been. I've heard that's a great city. I've heard it's a fantastic city. Now, to be frank. 
I've said this before. I said, you guys think Cincinnati sports have been bad. You go check out Minneapolis. The, the you talk best. about some heartbreak. Oh, Those yeah. folks have not experienced joy in their lives ever when it comes to sports. Yeah. Well, unlike, ever. Unlike, well, they get that they get to the postseason and then they lose frequently, and then they lose immediately. Yeah. The thing about Minneapolis is it's so cold up there that they've kind of crafted this city to where you never have to go outside. And I think it's just awesome that humans are living like gerbils somewhere in this country. Just never, just like a gerbil city. Like never have to go outside up in Minneapolis. Everything's indoors. Love it. Fair enough. We're working. I'm going to try to figure out the Minnesota's won four WNBA championships since 2010. The Lynx. Well, I take it back then. My apologies to the city of Minneapolis. I did not know that they won four WNBA championships since 2010. I was looking through the list. Uh, that is very impressive. That is nothing Yeah, but they're like back. the Reds. We're, I mean, last um, World Series, 1991. Chat question of the day. I've seen this. Uh, I don't know when I've seen this, but I, I know I've brought it up before in here. Uh, they were walking around the city of Indianapolis, I believe. They have the Indy Fever. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And um, this is no shade. I'm not trying to be a, a jerk about it. I'm just asking a genuine question that might come off as rude, and I don't mean it that way. But if someone was walking around here and we had a WNBA team and they said, would you take, do you want $20 or do you want your Indiana fever. Let's just act like that's the that's, let's just act like we live in Indianapolis. Or do you want the Indiana fever? I believe is their name to win the WNBA championship. How many people do you think took the twenty dollars? Everyone. There was about ten people they asked. These are all genuinely like spontaneity type questions too. It did not look like there was any pre-planned things. All twenty people took the twenty dollars. You think they do that in Minneapolis? You guys are staying away from this? <laughs> no comment. If I get, would you rather have $20 or the Bengals win the Super Bowl, Trace? Mm. Uh, the Bengals win the Super Bowl for sure. Nice. Yeah. Ask me. Ask no me doubt about now. it. Ask you want me to ask you? Ask me the Reds now. All right. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to do that. You know why? Because... There's one thing I figured out in life. Uh, I haven't lived long, or maybe I have lived long. I don't know. I haven't lived long. But at the end of the day, I have figured out that uh, jealousy is without question the first sign, the very first sign of... Uh, I'm so jealous of the Reds. Of, 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 of somebody wishing they had something that they don't. You know? There's no doubt in my mind that Reed would love to be a, 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 a fan of the Cincinnati Reds. It's been proven time and time again. If you don't watch Reed, you don't know his shtick, he would love nothing more than to be a fan of the Reds. It just so happened that he accidentally made a mistake when he was younger in life, decided he was going to root for the Cubs. They figured out a way to win the World Series one time while he's been alive. And next thing you know, my man thinks that every single year this team is going to find a way to win the World Series. He thinks this year that this team's good. He thinks the Cubs have a have a chance. Now, us Reds fans, we're at least man enough or woman enough, whatever term is to use, I don't want to offend anybody, to admit that we might not be back. We might not be the good team that we once were. But my man Reed actually has hope for the Chicago Cubs. They are going to win at most 75, 76 games this year. They are terrible. You look at their roster, they have a bunch of has-beens, old all-stars. They are actually a living example of the team that I was trying to formulate to beat Stanford. They're like the has-beens, the 30-plus years and older. They are that team. And you know what? They got guys like Reed excited, and I give them all the credit in the world. But it's going to be hell on earth for Reed when the Reds are back, and they are going to be back in full force here in a few years, maybe next year. We'll see. But 
I'm going to try to make sure that Reed decides. the Red Tier. What are you talking about? How can you go back if you've never been there, baby? We've been there. I don't know. You can look it up. We've had the best franchise in the history of the league, 1975-1976. You get told about it every other weekend down at Great American Ballpark. There's either a bobblehead, a poster, or something. I mean, if I had to choose. Here soon, they're going to have tombstones of all of the big red machines just as a promotional item to give away. I hate saying this. If I had to be honest, though, like if you had to look at the last 30 years, which fan I'd, if like if I was a diehard fan, which one I'd rather be? Cubs, easy answer. They've well, been in the world. They've been to the World Series. They've won the World Series. Been to the NLCS four times in the past 20 years. I've never seen a series win in the postseason. Pretty easy answer. Now, the Cubs did not win a single playoff series from 1908 to 2003. That is, that is very great. Ridiculous. I would have been, what, 10? Well, there you go. It's been pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'm 30, and the Reds haven't won one. Mm. Oh well. The Anyone only thing the Cubs have going for them is they played a decent ballpark. It's a nice ballpark. So it's pretty nice. Here nor there. In the vault, do you guys have anything to give the loyal listeners of this show some way to win some money? Because uh, this show is sponsored by Betfred Sportsbook, the sportsbook of Cincinnati. Hit me with it. First off, I'm taking West Virginia plus five and a half. They're on the road tonight in the Big Twelve. Why? What? Right. You were saying, Paul, why? But, Paul, why can't, like, Ohio bet on certain things? Like, Ohio can't bet on the XFL. Uh, yeah, I don't can't. know about the XFL, but they passed it. One of the parts uh, of Ohio's law is, like, you can't bet on the Gatorade color. Um, you can't bet on who the next president's going to be, some of those things. Um, it might be – the president thing is a little different, but, like, I don't know what the deal would be with the XFL. I, I don't know why they wouldn't be able to – bet on it some of it is league data i know um sometimes you can't bet on a league that is new that doesn't have the data to back up um what you're betting on i i don't know it's it's i don't know what the deal would be with the xfl uh my pick tonight west i'm going with what did you say i said west virginia yeah my i my pick of the day is also west virginia i was on a four pick winning streak oh baby god i was four days in a row paul's pick of the day had won and then ohio state won yesterday so that's snapped Man, this slate is fantastic. Big Monday. What. Looking through these Big games, Monday. I'm not sure which one I'm going to watch. There's so many good ones. Um, could be Howard, South Carolina State. That's a good could one. be Grambling State at Bethune-Cookman. Could be Florida Gulf Coast against Queens. By the way, Florida Gulf Coast, they were electric back when uh, the yes. USC coach was there. They back called them. What were they? They were called the uh, Dunk, City. Dunk, Dunk City. Dunk City, USA. Um, if, if those games don't interest you, you can always catch Morgan State playing Maryland Eastern Shore, just in case you didn't know what shore Maryland was on. Um, they made sure to clarify that. That was the Eastern Shore for Maryland. Uh, Prairie View A&M, Jackson State, Weber State at Northern Arizona, Montana State, Eastern Washington, and Montana and Idaho. Uh, and out of all those, I think I'm going to go with the random pick of the day of... Um, the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am going to go with... Damn, this is tough. Alcorn State. Ooh. Alcorn Al State we plays at 9 Alcorn. o'clock tonight. They play against Texas Southern. The Braves. And uh, I don't know why. Just stuck out. Got anything over there? Some props? Uh, I am actually combining. I'm doing a two-leg parlay here. Celtics minus two and the over, which is like at 20, 223, I believe. I'm on the Huggy Bear train. Huggy! Uh-oh. 
That's three on Huggy. No way we get let down. Hammer it. Super Whale Max play. I have been very bad on Mondays. Like, my weekends, five of the last six weekends, I've gone two and one in my pick of the day. Monday is just, I can't get big Monday right. I, I, I can't figure out Saturdays, man. There's too many games that I feel like I got to get in a little action on everything. Oh, yeah. And it just never ends well for me. Keontae George, one of Baylor's best players, is not playing tonight. So if anybody's looking at the Baylor line and asking why it's so close, uh, just be just be a little wary of that. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks. Also, to end the show, don't know if you caught this, don't know if you've seen it. Paul sent a text message that was laugh out loud funny to the group chat while Tom was on his show today on Off the Bench. Oh, yeah. uh, how do you say the word again? Is it Mudita? Mudita? So, Mudita, all right? I'm going to share this with you guys in confidence. Uh, we love Tom, but this is a funny moment. So, Mudita is a term that is used that is Buddhist. If you Google it, um, there is a slight chance that Google Ads will pop up and show you Mudita Technology, which just so happens to be a company that named themselves Mudita, and they just so happen to be a technology company. My man Tom... Googled Mudita, and he's seen the Google ad, Mudita Technology. It's the first thing that popped up. Makes a lot of sense, guys. He then proceeded to read off the, the quote and or the term that Mudita Technology had. So to be clear, I want to make sure that we kind of have that thing that they've done on PTI before, where at the end of the day, we kind of have those, those mistakes that we clean up. Right. Uh, Mudina is not a technology it is a technology company but the term that the northern kentucky baseball team was using is not based around the technology company but instead the buddhist term which is uh celebrating others i do believe um so enjoy that hopefully that made you smile or laugh i thought it was hilarious that that's where we we're at didn't have his readers to be fair to him possibly but that's a teaching tom moment if i've ever seen one in something that is just it's an honorable mistake I mean, I he, I didn't never heard the word, so I looked it up, and I was reading the, the the definition, and then he said technology, and I was like, oh, I I must have missed something. <laughs> and I went back to the top, and I realized that was just the top result was the company. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so. Um, well, that's what we're going to do today. We are going to make it all about Mudita. And until next time, we'll be back on Wednesday, possibly Wednesday. We might not be back Wednesday for box lunch. We might have to take a day off for some, some things that we got to take care of around the office. Um, maintenance of some things, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, until you see us again, enjoy your day, enjoy your evening, and hopefully you'll be back tomorrow to watch Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Take care, everybody.